Here's an experiment for you. Take passionate experts in human resource technology. Invite cross-industry experts from inside and outside HR. Mix in what's happening in people analytics today. Give them the technology to connect. Hit record. Pour their discussions into a beaker. Mix thoroughly. And voila, you get the HR Data Labs podcast, where we explore the impact of data and analytics to your business. We may get passionate and even irreverent, but count on each episode challenging and enhancing your understanding of the way people data can be used to solve real-world problems. Now, here's your host, David Turetsky. Hello and welcome to the HR Data Labs podcast. I'm your host, David Turetsky, alongside my friend, colleague from Salary.com, Dwight Brown, co-host. Hey, Dwight, how you doing? David, I'm good. How are things going with you? Outstanding, because today we record the 100th episode of the HR Data Labs podcast. Man, I can't believe that we're at this point. <laughs> David and his toys. Yeah, can't help myself. Can't believe we're actually got here, Dwight. 100 episodes. I know, 100. Can you believe it? Uh, no, no. It boggles my mind that we're at this point and going strong. We got great listeners. We love our yeah, listeners. We do. we do. And we started this, I think I recorded the first episode sometime in August of 2020 in the heart of the pandemic, where what we were trying to do is accomplish something kind of unique, which is talking about HR data and analytics and talking about HR and the world of that we were, the crazy world we were living in. And I think what we have gotten to in this, in this world is it's still crazy. It's still mm -hmm. being affected by COVID in some strange way. We've now kind of adopted COVID as a stepchild. But I, I think what we're what we're seeing now are the effects of the economy and the work, the world of work and business changing dramatically um, as a reaction to it, as well as a consequence of it. Yeah, it's... It we definitely are still crazy and it's it's a different kind of crazy different but related kind of crazy definitely and it's there's so much playing out that has so much impact on on all of us that's you can't ignore it but no you can't ignore it and so what we're going to do today is something a little different first of all we're going to be celebrating the 100th anniversary we're going to talk about season 4 cuz this is our season 4 wrap up and we're going to talk about season five and the things that we're going to do. And as we have done in the past, we're going to do our predictions and we're going to do a look back at the predictions we had done. And we're going to look forward a little bit and talk about what we see ahead in the next six months in the world of HR, in the world of work, as well as in the world around us. So let's start, Dwight, by talking about the one thing that no one knows about us. Dwight, oh. what's the latest, dude? What? <laughs> well, you know what my big latest is. Although I can't, I can't remember if I talked about that on my episode. If so, for for the listeners out there, I am a big adrenaline junkie. Oh my and, god! <laughs> oh my god! He said, and David's been trying to get me to take up knitting. He no, no, he, there are needles involved with knitting. Yeah, he says it's an adrenaline sport. Come to, no harm can come to this human. <laughs> exactly, and I'm I'm clumsy enough where I've got to watch for that. 
So my my latest, greatest, crazy idea was to start paragliding. And for those of you who don't know what paragliding is, it's essentially hang gliding with a parachute on your back where you jump off mountaintops or you get towed behind a vehicle up to great heights and it's a pure adrenaline rush. So so that's, you know, there are a couple of people who know that about <sighs> me. And David, it drives him nuts that I do that. Nuts. <laughs> drives me nuts. As my college and, friends always tell me, they're like, if you're not doing something crazy, then we'd start to wonder. I don't like your college friends. <laughs> God, I sound like your father now. I, I don't like your college friends. I don't you like your college people. friends. Yes. <laughs> so that's mine. What about yours, David? So I've started playing keyboard. I don't play it well, and I'm oh. definitely not going to play it on this podcast today. But expect new bump music at some point soon, and it'll be... Well, the, the bump music, actually, I developed by sampling different samples in online stores and pick them together, pull them apart, put them back together again. But this one, I think I might actually be able to do myself. So we'll see. Does that mean the bump music is beginning going to become chopsticks? <laughs> Maybe something a little bit more advanced than chopsticks, but, but pretty much. Yeah. So guys don't laugh. If in season five, you hear chopsticks, that'll be my homage to my friend Dwight. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> Not today, my friend. Not today. <laughs> so let's dive into our topic, which is, you know, really our hundredth episode, a celebration, look back in season four, look ahead to season five, and then we'll round it out by talking about our predictions. Let's first do a little bit of a, a look back into season four. And some of the things that we discussed and some of the things we've accomplished. And I, I think, Dwight, where I'm going to start is that we had a lot of really interesting conversations around, especially the topic of pay equity. Pay equity did turn out to be one of the big topics of conversation for us. We talked a little bit about DEI strategies. We've talked about several types of things that revolve around treating people fairly. And yeah. I, I think we kind of called that in season at the end of season three, hoping that we were going to accomplish that in season four, but we actually did get there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so much has been happening in the world around DE and I, which is a great thing. It's on the forefront for people. And so I'm, I'm glad that we have been able to accomplish getting more of that out there. And it's been a learning experience for me, just hearing our guests talk about it. And, you know, it's, it's helped me sort of understand what is DE and I, what do we need to be thinking about? What are the challenges that go with it? All of those sorts of things. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to get more in. And, and we had some very personal stories around this, especially with Lou yeah. Lugo talking about his, his personal journey that he took and right. how that journey influenced how he is as a CPO, as a CHRO, and how that interacts with his daily work with his peers, as well as with how he, how he changes the world around him, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. We also had some fascinating discussions about this, the work of the CHRO, not just in the DE&I context, but the work of a CHRO. We heard from Cindy Foxworth, Louis Lugo. We heard from Jessica Miller Merrill, who gave us not only the context of being a CHRO, but also the study that they do on CHRO work. Amy Mosher from iSolved and her 
her pleadings that this is the year in 2023 that we get things right from the people analytics world and bringing that into the business conversation. So that there was a lot of really interesting viewpoints from CHROs on the program and what they saw and how they use their experiences. So that, that was fascinating as well. So, yeah. So the other thing is, is that, you know, from that perspective, I, I think that transitions nicely to hearing from some other people outside of the world of HR, like we heard from Brittany Leonard, who gave us the contemplation of the general counsel and what they think mm-hmm. of the interactions with the HR world. And, you know, what is the framework that, you know, could work better when you look at the context of the lens beyond just HR? You know, that was an interesting perspective, especially as you talked about some of the challenges and one of the big challenges being sort of lack of communication between HR and general counsel, you know, because I, I couldn't imagine not having good communication there because I can tell you that in my career, I've relied on our general counsel on a lot of things and a lot of things HR, but you know, then again, and she kind of touched on this, that some, some company structures and cultures are built around something that's different that doesn't necessarily facilitate that. Right. So that was a good, that was a big learning piece for me. It was. And I'm glad we had her on. And and then let's go to one of our favorite topics, which is people analytics. And so we had some phenomenal conversations, not just the Amy Mosier conversation about the year 2023 and getting it right, but we had that really interesting conversation with Adam McKinnon and Martha Curioni around being able to look at employee data quality by using AI to kind of pick out those interesting cases in the data that that are, should be red flags and having focus, have the AI focus on the data to be able to get better people analytics and to be able to use our data better. As you know, Dwight, I love that topic. And that one really yeah. struck a chord with me. Me too. Me too. I, I And I can't believe how little AI is really incorporated into the, the HR world and that the, H, that the AI that is incorporated is not necessarily real great AI. But I'm looking forward to see, you know, it seems like there's so much more focus out there on the use, the use of that. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, kind of where we end up in the next year, two years, three years, et cetera. And I think that's what Ben Weber was actually going at when we were talking to him about how people analytics can tell us more about our businesses and by using people analytics as a business tool. I, I think that's if we're going to be successful in the world of people analytics and HR does take that place at the table, we're going to need the data to give us that insight to do what you say and to, to yep. drive, drive the conversation forward. So I, I definitely hear you on that. And one of the ways in which we're going to see that happening is by being able to link the HR data to outcomes in the business. One of the conversations we had like with Nina Kavuru from UKG is actually being able to look at something like we looked at the vertical of recruiting and recruiting analytics. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about how the recruiting world can be measured better and how it can be measured in terms of the effectiveness of recruiting in the world of business. So I think that's where when we start looking at those individual cases, that's where I, I think HR can kind of drive itself to make itself more effective. Yeah, yeah. Definitely more more interest and more investment coming. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other one is if you look at what Kevin Campbell was talking about, where he was talking about, you know, while there may be lean times coming for HR, and that's going to be something we're going to talk about in our wrap up. 
but he was talking about the lean times ahead in HR that if you leverage analytics to be able to measure the programs that you're working with, that you're going to be able to prove out your ROIs by measuring, 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 and you know, being able to to be very open and honest about was the program effective? Well, how do we know? Well, we know because we've measured it and we constantly are measuring it to make sure that it's achieving what we said it was going to. Yeah. And then the last one I really wanted to highlight or uh, one of two that I really wanted to highlight was when we talked about earned wage access, which is a new way of being able to provide employees with a lifeline of when they've gone to work, they've done the work, giving them an avenue to actually get the money out. We talked to our friends over at Zazoon, which they provide capabilities of, of being able to get people access to their pay before the paycheck happens. And we know that there's lots of predatory practices that happen there where people have to rely on because they just can't afford to wait until the paycheck comes. Yeah. And so that was actually a really eye-opening conversation of how HR can make employees' lives better, reduce turnover, reduce health issues by being able to give people that kind of financial lifeline. That one really fascinated me because it was, you know, and I was probably hiding under a rock, but it was only about six months <laughs> ago where I where I really kind of became aware of that that capability. And you, you know, they they talked about this idea of of the predatory loans, the payday yeah. loans, and people having to turn to that and how earned wage access really resolves that issue and ultimately puts more money in the pockets of, of people, but allows them when they're living paycheck to paycheck, it allows them the capability to be exactly. able to, to, to live their lives with a little less stress. Exactly. The, the last ones I really want to focus on is we had some really great conversations at the beginning of the season around um, what's happening in the world of compensation. And so we started we started out with Dino and I talking about how do we deal with compensation in this crazy world. And then we had a bunch of conversations at the World at Work conference around pay equity, talent intelligence. And then where is the world of compensation going? What's the future by looking at the past? And those were really fascinating because, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about HR process. Compensation management has been looking at analytics for many, many years, and it's built into the process. So mm -hmm. that's where, if you look at comp, it's inextricable analytics from compensation. You can't get away from it. And so it's really fascinating to see what the effect of technology and, and new sources of data have in the world of, of compensation. And that's what we spent, I think, the first seven episodes talking about. That's That yep. was wonderful. Yeah. And then... The last but not least here is we had a conversation or actually we had a couple conversations around technology and change. And with Nadia Clifford, we talked about the world of HR technology uh, being very similar to developing new applications where you can't get away from the problems that we have in technology initiatives, especially when they're rather complex. They're just like building new technologies. And so you have to really maintain a lot of discipline. And the last, the last one that uh, we'll highlight is from Carly Wolf and change management and being able to talk about programs, be able to talk about things, but do it, doing it very simply. Yeah, that one really intertwined well with this idea of the technology because, you know, technology tends to be so disruptive. And so how do you manage that change through the disruption of it? 
Exactly. And that it's a it's a a skill that is is not something that a lot of people have. And so it was interesting hearing from her on how do you do that? How do you how do you intertwine that on the technology end or any other major change that you're right. looking to make as an organization? Absolutely. And and I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to all the people who joined us in season four. There were wonderful conversations to be had across a multitude of wonderful guests we had. And uh, we look forward to to season five. And yes, we're going to get to season five and what it's going to entail. But I just wanted to, again, reiterate all the guests that we had. You're all wonderful. You all brought something phenomenal to the table. We've gotten great feedback on all of the conversations and topics. And I think people really enjoy having genuine people with genuine ideas with good things and bad things. And, you know, we're all human. But mm-hmm. um, the episodes were just were just wonderful in season four. So thank you so much. Just to clarify for our listeners, I actually am not human. I I, I think of myself as superhuman. Just to put that out there. Just saying. I thought you were going to say you were AI. <laughs> yeah, there are probably a lot of acronyms for me. Ones we can't repeat on this show. No, because we do not have the E for... for explicit, uh, yeah. yeah. Explicit. I was going to say extreme, but that we you are an extreme. I, I, yeah, I've already got the extreme down. Yeah, you are extreme. <laughs> but, but that's season four. And um, if you have any comments about season four, please let us know. But we're going to switch topics now. We're going to let's talk about season five. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe. This podcast is made possible by salary.com. Now back to the show. So season five, funnily enough, the 25 episodes that will encompass season five, most of which we've already recorded. We went to the HR Tech 22 conference in uh, Las Vegas and had a ton of conversations with people around what's happening in the world. We mainly focused on HR technology, but we also talked about HR process. We talked about a lot of recruiting technology and recruiting technology changes in 2023 that's coming up. We talked a lot about about lots of different topics. And so I think you're going to hear some fun conversations that came out of it. We also have some interesting conversations coming up beyond that. And if I were to say, what does season five look like? I say season five looks very much like season four, or actually much probably more like season three, where we had a lot of conversations that came out of HR tech that were fascinating that talked about the future of HR technology, not just in 2023, but beyond. And we are trying to hone the craft around being able to pick out what specific things and trying to tie people to specific things they see that are happening that will affect you. So it's not just going to be a bunch of things about the HR Tech 2022 conference, but about how does that, the things that happened there and what was shown there, how does that actually impact the world around you and the technologies that you use every day? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this and continuing conversations, but also exploring some of the, some of the new pieces one of the interesting pieces about you know you think back to season one episode one and being able to see some of the evolution do we have uh, to actually that was the uh, really, that was the worst one that was the, our highest downloaded one i know because that's just because it was the first one but a lot of people just said oh this is going to be crap if this is what you guys were talking about because it was just me well <laughs> you know you must have you must have had grandma doing multiple clicks on the downloads. so i did well my mom <laughs> 
Yeah, my mom hit the button. Mom got in the got in the game too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to use your resources. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting seeing this stuff, being able to see even the evolution. I mean, it's a relatively short time, but think of how much evolution there's already been since that time. And one of the things that I like about some of the series that that we do on this show with broadcasting from conferences and whatnot is being able to see and hear from people, hey, two years ago, this is where we're at today. This is where we're at. And so that's, you know, that's why I'm glad. One of the reasons among many that I'm glad that we've been able to keep this show going and get, you know, such a great base of guests to to share their insights and recollections. And I think we use the term embarrassment of riches, and I don't want to seem like a jerk when I say this. For those of you who want to be on the podcast, we want to have you on the podcast. And we publish weekly, and our shows are only a half an hour. Our biggest problem is, is that now we have so many people who want a podcast with us, and we have so many episodes we've already uh, actually recorded so far, that we are literally scheduled out until middle of 2023 already. So for those of you who want to podcast with us, that's great. Don't be discouraged. There's still plenty of time to, uh, to record with us because we're, we're not going to, we almost have a year's worth of recordings scheduled already. Yeah. And that's, that's a really nice thing to know. And so we were, Dwight and I are contemplating actually doing some specials to be able to move some of the stuff along and to potentially put out content more frequently, but, but that's yet to come. So so the good thing about season five is, is that there's going to be some fascinating learnings coming out of season five from what we've talked about already. And I, I think you're going to enjoy it. I hope you're going to enjoy it. And if you don't, please let us know. But I think <laughs> I think that that it may be one of our best seasons so far, although I really like season four. But all my mm-hmm. children are beautiful children. So there you go. <laughs> So Dwight, we've come to that part of the program where we need to look back, and this is going to be painful, but we need to look back at what we said for the end of season three and the predictions we had at the end of season three, and we have to kind of judge whether or not we hit the mark on our predictions. So we have to open up the envelope and Mm -hmm. look at what we said. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. And so, so... um, uh, let me let me say that that Dwight's prediction was that that there's going to be some ease in the or softening in the labor market, and that because of that softening, the unemployment rate's going to kick back up, and they're going to utilize more HR technology, and it th- then then you also predicted that things aren't going to be as focused on the employee and the employer is going to have more control. And so that employers will have an easier time of hiring and, and be able to kind of t- take back the, uh, I think the mantle of, you know, coming back into work and to kind of drive some other things. So mm-hmm. do you want to talk to your prediction a little bit, or do you want to just ignore the fact that you said all those things? Well, you know, I kind of like <laughs> to ignore it because I was wrong, <laughs> but I wasn't totally wrong. No, not totally. <laughs> Mostly, yeah, not totally. Yeah, so I'm looking at the unemployment rate here, and the the unemployment rate definitely has not gone back up. We were going to see a little bit of uptick in it. We did see 
We did see an uptick in the month of August, but other than that, it's remained low and gotten lower. The, you know, the companies are still, you know, things are definitely employee side in terms of companies still working on getting and retaining employees and and looking for ways that they can retain and and keep their keep their employees satisfied and and not see poaching and those kinds of things um now i i will go so far as to say that i i do i'm i'm seeing enough and i'm hearing enough from clients that's telling me that the I think we are having some softening in the labor market. It's not coming up in the unemployment rate yet, but I'm hearing more and more of companies saying, "Hey, we're going to start to hold on some of our hiring." Yes, job freezes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're actually seeing that bear out in the news. A couple of the a couple of the major companies. I I I can't remember if this is correct, but I want to say that Apple froze some hiring, and there were a couple other major players that are coming out and just for now freezing things. So I think we're going to see some of that softening in the labor market still. So so is that is that your prediction, or is that is that something you're clarifying from the the last? Uh, a little of both. A little of both. I okay. I I think it definitely moves in definitely moves into that category of prediction. So I I guess that would be the other thing that I think we're going to see. I think we're already we're already seeing blips on the radar about this. I, we are moving into recession. To me, we are we're not deep into it yet, but I I think that we're going to see the recession get deeper and more pronounced to the point where people are willing to start to call it a recession. Nobody's willing to call it right now. Nobody wants well, to say that. No, I, a- I think technically we already have because we've had the we've had the technically two quarters or three quarters of of G, GDP slippage. So, yeah, or our deceleration. So that that's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to see it get deeper. So, so um, how about you? That's that's my prediction. Okay. So let let me just play back for the record that so I called that the government the first prediction I made was that the government's going to put incentives together to go beyond fossil fuel. And so I think everybody knows that there was the legislation that was passed that enables the the purchasing of of greener cars and that while it's not the green new deal that some were hoping for at least it did move the ball on being able to start to incentivize behaviors back again to buy greener cars, hybrid and electric cars. And so that that did happen. So there was a win there. And a boy. <laughs> so that was that was I, the first I, thing. He just took a bow on camera. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. The second thing that I said was that that the prices are going to continue to rise based on the gas and diesel prices, and they have, and we still haven't seen, uh, I think we haven't seen the peak out of inflation. And so that will cause pressure on the government, and it did cause pressure on the government to do a couple of things. I, I think people know that the executive branch has now gone into the oil reserves yet again because of OPEC's cutting of production, which will then raise prices on gas again. And so, you know, that's going to have that knock on effect. Now, let's talk about the inflation because I mentioned inflation as well in my predictions. And so I said I to the, the Fed's going to have to maintain that balance on the inflation and unemployment. And of course, they raise interest rates. 
and they they didn't want us to get into like the major recession and so they've been increasing the rates at uh, 75 basis points pretty much on a monthly basis and i think that we're poised for another couple of those and, and let me say that that the word recession always makes people nervous and as an economist one of the things i think everybody should understand is recession just means that the that the economy is shrinking it doesn't mean that the world is ending um, we've yeah. had so much growth over the last 20 years in our economy that frankly it's okay to actually have some shrinking a little bit the problem right now is consumers are spending too much money and one of the things that the fed is trying to do is to give consumers an alternative one is punitive and one is incentive-based. Incentive-based means go save your money and put it in something like a savings account and you're going to get some money because the banks are going to start to give more money for you to do that. It's called an incentive and that's in interest rates. <laughs> interest right. rates going up not just affects credit cards, but it also affects your savings account. So I don't know if you've seen this, but Ally is now at like 2.5% interest on savings rates. That's phenomenal. That's wonderful. That's frankly a great thing because there's no risk to you losing your money. There's no downside. It's a guaranteed 2.5% APR. Right. The punitive piece of interest rates are if you're spending a ton of money and you're spending it on your credit cards, your credit cards will be more expensive. Borrowing becomes more expensive. There right. is a reason why the Fed's doing this. It wants to slow the economy down. So prices come down. If you're not spending, prices come down. That's how a capitalist slash socialist market works. <laughs> so just saying, oh, interest rates are going up and inflations are going up. We're in hell. No. <laughs> there is a consequence here that you guys control, that all of us control. And it's spend less. And those things start to slow down. The economy slows down. Prices start slowing down. Now, yeah. the knock-on effect of this, as Dwight was talking about, was job freezes and furloughs and other things. Well, because in the other side of this, companies are trying to reskill and upskill. And we've had really great conversations with some people about this, not only this year, but in years past. The In order to be able to sustain growth in a smart way, some companies who may be laying off in certain sectors should try and reskill people to go over. Yes, this is part of my predictions, but is starting should start to try and reskill people instead of letting them go to keep them employed and get them access to new skills so they can take on other jobs. So the, the last hope that I had was on pay equity and the last prediction I made was on pay equity. And so we've seen California come out with SB 1162, which is a dramatic new pay transparency and pay equity legislation. And I think that's going to start to be the way in which some states are going to go. We've already seen Colorado and New York City and some others yeah. taking on this legislation. I think there's 14 or 16 new bits of legislation that are that are floating in the states yeah. to do more around pay equity and transparency. So, dude, I, I think I was three for three. I, I, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I think you were three for three. Don't let it go to your head. <laughs> Dude, it's okay. It's already there. <laughs> so so now that we've done done the past predictions, let's go to our 20 
23 predictions for the next six months. Six months, I mean, we're talking from, you know, you know, where are we? Well, we're currently in October, right? So this isn't going to air until December. So let's kind of take the, con- the the perspective of we're doing this from December and the predictions aren't going to be evaluated until probably the the June timeframe, right? Which is the end of season five. So Dwight, what are your, give us two or three predictions about what's going to happen in the world, what's going to happen in the world of HR, HR technology within the next six months. So it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately, and I know has been on the mind of everybody because we see it constantly in the news these days is the idea of quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see more discussion around that. I think that that really is something that companies are are now that it's sort of put out there. I mean, it's been happening for years. It's just oh, that years. this is yeah. the first mm-hmm. time we've we sure. actually put some sort of term like this to it. And it, well, there used to be disengagement, right? There yeah. used to be employee disengagement, which is a little different, but, but yeah. Yeah. Quiet quitting sounds a lot worse than employee disengagement. And I think companies are already uh, wrestling with this, especially under record low levels of unemployment. It's undeniable for them. The one that I saw that this was the first time I had seen this was the idea of quiet firing also. And I think that is also going to work its way into the conversation because mm. there's no doubt that 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 happens as well. And, mm. you know, that's to me, that's a factor of companies wrestling with how do you, you know, at, at what point is an employee valuable versus at what point is an employee just a warm body sitting in a chair, punching right. a couple of keys and not necessarily adding value. Right. So I think we're, I, you know, my prediction is we're going to see a lot more in the news and a lot more in discourse in terms of both sides of the coin, both the quiet right. quitting, but also I think quiet firing. And especially as we start to, you know, move into the the recession territory and, you know, start to, to look at the potential for unemployment to start to come back up again, I think those two things are going to happen in parallel. Okay. Those are your predictions. Those are my predictions. Quiet quitting and quiet firing. I don't know how we're going to measure that to see whether I was right or not, but. I I think we'll have an instinct. Yeah. So that's my prediction. On to you, my friend. I'm putting on my Karnak hat, which for those Johnny Carson Tonight Show fans, you might remember. So I have a couple that really bother me. One is pay transparency. I want pay transparency to to happen. And I want mm-hmm. pay transparency to stop being something that people talk about as a negative. I want people right. to start embracing it. And I want us to be much more mature about our conversations around it. Pay transparency has to happen. This is the world of the internet. You can look up salaries. You can Glassdoor or salary.com or Payscale or wherever you go. You can find out where what people are paid and how. With California and 1162, transparency takes on a gigantic new dimension because companies are going to be forced to provide that transparency to employees as well as on job requisitions online. So yep. that's my first prediction is pay transparency will start being a more mature conversation in the world. And we're going to start to see it in the next six months kind of take on a new role. 
I think the second thing, and I'm going to go a little bit political here, is that the midterm elections are going to cause more upheaval in the political and society in the United States with a new Congress and new leadership in Congress and with a tension between the executive, the Supreme Court and the and Congress. I think we're going to come to the world of total gridlock in Washington more than there is today. Some legislation has gotten passed now because of the Democratic majority in the the House and Senate. And I think it's just going to become complete gridlock with a, a Senate and Congress that are completely different. And that's going to cause many people lots of consternation. It's going to cause lots of stress. And it's going to make the employer employee relationship even more difficult. We've had conversations on the on the HR Data Labs podcast where we've talked to people about resolving differences in the workplace. And we both think that's going to be part of season five, Tara Firiani, who is one of my friends and I think one of the most brave people on LinkedIn. But she talks a lot about, and she'll talk about it in season five, about how people have to act maturely, you know, not putting their political nature aside, but being able to acknowledge that we exist and that we may have differences and we can live together and work together and uh, have civil discourse and act with propriety. Yep. And that doesn't happen. And if you go to LinkedIn today and you see a post and someone posts a really cute message about their kids. And then if you look in the comments and there's a bunch of people beating them up for, for putting something personal on LinkedIn, I have two (laughs) words for you. Shut up. Leave those people alone. (laughs) If right. you don't have anything good to say, my mother told me this all the time, Dwight. If you don't have anything good to say, shut up. Not be quiet. Let's <laughs> yeah, be, don't let's say be anything at all. No, it's yeah, shut up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I love my friend Tara and I, I wish her well. And I hope people are more like her where you can speak your mind and not worry about what other people think. So Tara, there's my shout out and my act of bravery. <laughs> um, so there are my three. And I think we're going to have a good year, hopefully. I think 2023 is going to be a good year, despite the differences that we have in our political world in the United States. And I hope things end in the world of war in Europe. And I hope that Russia gets the hell out of Ukraine and nothing bad happens between now and then. So right. there, there you go. There we go. So there's there's episode 100. We love our listeners. We totally love our listeners. We totally do. We wish you well. And mom, thanks for keep hitting that download button. We really do appreciate you. <laughs> I'm going to teach my dog to do it. <laughs> <laughs> my dog is our is a podcast listener. And you know, just to kind of to kind of put a finer point on it, we appreciate you and thank you for all you do. And if you have any comments, please send them our way. And uh, Dwight. Thank you so much. You're awesome. You're the best co-host a person could want. David, you're the best. Not me. I love it. I nah, love working you with you on this. This is a great, great thing. Me too. Me too. I, I and, and I really appreciate you, ma'am. And I appreciate the people who work with us as well, whether it's Carissa or Eric or Stella or Carl, Carl. or any of the other people that work with us down the line. You guys are all awesome and uh, we can't do this without you. So here's, I'm raising my glass to the hundredth episode and to all of you who have helped us get here. And just for the record, our glasses contain coffee. Coffee only. Yeah. Or a little Splenda. 
But thank you so much. Take care and please stay safe. That was the HR Data Labs podcast. If you liked the episode, please subscribe. And if you know anyone that might like to hear it, please send it their way. Thank you for joining us this week and stay tuned for our next episode. Stay safe.